you. And, and I suspect Chuck has heard a joke or two. Uh, yeah, a joke or two. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because um, in, in by the time I was in high school, you know, I'd, I'd heard them all, and so I, I would actually look at people and just be like, "Really? Is that the best you can do?" <laughs> and it totally killed their joke. It was funny. <laughs> anyway. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the JavaScript Jabber Show. This week we're going to be talking about uh, whether or not we think HTML5 and JavaScript can really replace Flash. We've actually invited a Flash developer and that's Tom, is it Beatty? Yep. So Tom, you want to introduce yourself really quickly and then we'll introduce the rest of the panel? Sure. My name is Tom Beatty, as you said it correctly. And uh, I run a small one-man Flash development shop. I specialize in doing online games and I've been doing uh, Flash for about 13 years now. All right. If if somebody wants a Flash online game, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, go to dedge.com. The letter D, the word edge. You can go to dimensionsedge.com, but I found a lot of people can't spell dimension, so I had to get a shorter domain. So <laughs> d-e-d-g-e.com. All right. Dedge.com. All right. Um, Jameson. We also have Jameson Dance. Hi, I'm Jameson Dance. Um, I've heard the joke before. <laughs> <laughs> we also have AJ O'Neill. Um, contrary to popular belief, I'm not black. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I, I thought we were going with last name jokes. Maybe I missed that one by 10 years. Oh. Shaquille, basketball oh. player. Okay. I've heard of him. You got to gotta cater to your audience, AJ. <laughs> this is a group of software developers. Look, it's not my fault y'all are retarded, okay? Hey, you know and what? you just said y'all, so you're clouding the issue a lot right now i'm just like really a joke and you're secretly black <laughs> yeah we're, we're 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 all geeks we, we can go look up shaquille o'neal on wikipedia and figure out who he is right <laughs> This is true. He's All a right. movie star, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was in Shazam. I was going to say, he's been in a couple of terrible, terrible travesty movies. Anyway, I'm Charles Maxwood from teachmetocode.com. And uh, anyway, l- let's go ahead and jump in on this. Um, so I think I think a lot of the discussion over Flash comes from uh, Adobe open sourcing Flash or Flex. Or I'm still not completely sure what's going on there. Maybe Tom can tell and us. I, I think we should get like the history of Flash first, just to kind of lay the groundwork. Okay. Okay. I, I think you maybe, mean like, can we do that? Yeah. 13 like, years just, back? All right. I don't know. I mean, yeah, a brief history of Flash, kind of like a brief history of time. Yeah, sure. Um, well, okay. Uh, Flash started out really as as a designer and animators tool, not not really a development tool. Um, when Flash first came out, well, okay, it was Future Splash. Adobe bought it. We had Flash. Um, it really didn't become uh, popular until version three. What What about uh, like Shockwave? I remember playing lots of Shockwave games, and I thought those were the same thing as Flash. Well, is that further on in the story? Macromedia. Uh, excuse me. I did say Adobe. It was actually Macromedia that bought Futures. Uh, Futures oh, okay. Um, uh, okay. Shockwave originally started out with a program called Director. Um, Director was the end-all, be-all for creating CD-ROM content. Uh, you know, everything used to be on CD-ROMs, and then uh, the internet came along, and uh, hi, internet. Yeah, and CD-ROM sort of went away. So uh, Macromedia said, okay, we need to adjust uh, these this Director content so it can be played on the internet and that's what uh, shockwave was well then uh, macromedia bought flash 
and they, uh, uh, you know, kind of added the Shockwave label to it because it was more interactive internet content. So let's just kind of lump it in with Director. And so that's why uh, you have SWF files. It stands for Shockwave Flash. Um, now, the problem with Director was uh, it was a cool program, but it was really never really designed to put content on the internet. Um, so the files are, are fairly big and clunky, and Flash was so much cooler. So Director sort of disappeared, and Shockwave Games kind of disappeared too, and everything got replaced uh, with Flash. But, uh, you know, Flash. Flash had its problems too. When it first came out, uh, it didn't have a full programming language behind it. It had, uh, you know, it had a timeline and you could animate with it and you could move graphics around and you could click a button and uh, go to another animation or another page or something. But uh, they didn't have any variables. You, you couldn't do that much with it other than make really cool banner ads. <laughs> so uh, uh, eventually, uh, with Flash 4, they added variables. You could actually start making games and uh, that's that's when I first started uh, really getting into the programming aspects of Flash. But uh, the big problem is when you take a bunch of designers and say, okay, now you can program, <laughs> what you end up with is not exactly uh, great programming all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, Flash kind of carried that tradition for quite some time. The programming language uh, ActionScript got more and more robust, and, you know, it became more powerful. It was, it was actually becoming a pretty nice language, all things considered. Uh, but it was still primarily designers that were using it. And so, you know, you've seen, you've seen those big websites. Um, uh, mm -hmm. You know, there, there are lots of uh, movie websites especially. You get these huge, monstrous websites that take forever to load. Even on my desktop, they, they run slow. And I, so I was going to say the Harry Potter websites and stuff were all done in Flash. Yeah, oh, my and, gosh. The Harry oh, Potter website is so bad. Pain. Absolute yeah. pain. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, it loads up, and you know it loaded up because then you get a counter saying that it's loading up. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, they didn't optimize anything, and they'd import these 5-meg graphics, and oh, it was it was just bad. Um, Only five anyway. megs? No! Well, okay, maybe 50. <laughs> uh, so Flash got a pretty bad reputation. I mean, as it was, it, admittedly, uh, it can be a bit of a resource hog, especially if you're sloppy. Um, what about the part where my CPU lifts off with the fan? Well, yeah, okay. I mean... <laughs> That, that, that can happen, I suppose. Um, it's not these parts of Flash that we're, we're talking about replacing, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> un unfortunately, you can't really replace part of Flash without getting rid of the whole evil thing. But uh, so anyway, um, Flash did continue to improve. And eventually what they did was uh, they went to a true object-oriented language. They, they changed ActionScript uh, significantly with ActionScript 3. And it became true object-oriented. And all of a sudden, a lot of developers started looking at it seriously as as a uh, a real development platform for you know enterprise applications. Uh, it wasn't just for games anymore or animation, um, and that's that's where you get all your Flex developers and um, people using Flex Builder and, and other IDEs. But uh, so uh, that came along, and uh, you know it was great and all. But Flash is still a bit of a resource hog, but but not a bad solution for a lot of things. For video, it's fantastic. Uh, the FLV format is, is actually a really good uh, internet format. Um, for games, uh, suddenly you had uh, some new abilities there. Not only did you have your great graphics and animation, but you've got a full object-oriented language behind it. So, uh, you know, it, it made it a very versatile tool. Well, life was happy for Adobe, and then the iPhone came along. Um, <laughs> 
Dun, now, dun, dun. It, yeah. <laughs> now, I, I have my own personal uh, reasons as to, uh, or theories as to why uh, Steve Jobs said what he did, where, you know, he came out and, and said, uh, uh, Flash is outdated technology. And in some, in some ways, at the time that he said it, he was definitely right. Um, but there wasn't a good replacement. Um, you know, HTML5 was a long way from being ready. Uh, and, you know, Steve Jobs, he's, he's been known to do this before. He says, you know, uh, years ago, he said, Apple is done with floppy disks. And they got rid of it. And the whole industry followed. Um, and they got rid of CDs and Blu-rays. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so, uh, but I mean, Mac was the first computer to come out without actually having a floppy drive in the computer. Uh, these Bless days, them. Uh, what was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was good. Time. It worked well. Um, Flash. The problem was there wasn't a good substitute available yet. Uh, is there mm, still no? <laughs> uh, is there going to be? Well, we'll get there. But uh, anyway, so uh, Adobe has been scrambling a bit because uh, you know the uh, iPhone and iPad, uh, as everyone knows, doesn't support Flash, and so Adobe has had to adjust their thinking in a lot of things because. Uh, once Steve Jobs said this, um, it kind of changed people's impression about Flash and uh, where it was going and what its future was in the web. Um, right. Now, so uh, so I'm, I'm wondering, and I'm going to derail you a little bit, I guess. But so we're talking about these mobile platforms. Is is that really where the problems come in with Flash, or is there more to it than that? Well, okay. I think one reason that uh, Apple chose not to support Flash is because, okay, you saw these Harry Potter websites and some of these other movie websites. Um, you know, badly designed things. You still have designers which are not optimizing stuff sufficiently. And so there's there's a lot of stuff out there that is even taxing for a desktop computer. Um, not so much that it's Flash's fault. It's, it's more uh, the people developing and designing on Flash. Uh, and that goes back to its roots. Uh, you know, when you have designers who are used to using Photoshop who have moved over to Flash and don't learn about optimizing and, and things, you end up with some... Uh, very, fairly scary things. So uh, imagine taking the, the first iPhone and trying to run one of those sites on it. Uh, you know, you're not going to be as impressed with your iPhone. Um, I, I test a lot of the stuff that I create on an original uh, Motorola Droid, which only has a 600 megahertz processor. And, you know, sometimes it's downright painful. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you eliminate that problem if you take Flash out of the equation. Uh, so Apple became a big supporter of HTML5, and it, it was a great thing for the HTML5 movement. Yep. Uh, there wasn't a lot being done until Steve Jobs said Flash is outdated technology, and then everyone said, what are we going to go to? We're going to HTML5, um, and a lot of effort has been going into trying to, to get some standardization there, trying to to further the platform to be a replacement for Flash. Right. So. But so so one thing that I'm seeing a lot of is the fact that, I mean, Flash is a fairly, and by fairly, I mean very mature in technology. And HTML5 is still kind of, uh, it's still kind of forming. I mean, the, I don't think they finalized the spec. And from what I understand, they're not planning to do it, at least not anytime soon. I think uh, they have till what, 2022, I think, to get the final approved. Uh, oh, is that all? Uh, yeah. 2,000 <laughs> so. million, I think. Actually, what was it? Two thousand million. Two thousand million. Okay, yeah, that that sounds about right. You know, give or take a few hundred years. <laughs> so, but, um. but the problem with HTML five, well, not problem. I guess one of the things I see with it is I have no idea what the the two thousand twenty hundred billion. Well, I have no idea what that means because what I'm seeing. That's when the spec is actually going to be like formalized and uh, like frozen. I think. Uh, yeah, fully that, approved yeah. as a final version. Right, but right. But, but we're using features from it now, so it's it's mm -hmm. not this pie in the sky 
my thing that, that may or may not be finalized. I mean, when they add stuff to it, it winds up in our browsers. Yeah. Well, and so some of our browsers. <laughs> no, that's the nice true. thing is Chrome and Firefox are really pioneering the technology. They're well, really taking it forward. Uh, I'll agree but with you on Chrome. Firefox is, is going a little slower. Um, well, when you don't have a multi-billion dollar company backing, actually, they do have a multi-billion dollar company backing them, which is Google. However, yeah. Google's focus used to be Firefox. Now it's Chrome. So right. no hands. When you hire the Firefox developers and take them away from Firefox to build, to build Chrome, uh, you know, you can see how there's a little... Right, there. right. There's yeah. there's Google and there's secondhand Google. Right. <laughs> and, and then there's Microsoft, which, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing because um, Microsoft, although they are pushing forward um, in the HTML5 platform and they, they really want to move towards, um, you know, making that a, a popularized standard, they're also one of the things slowing us down the most, um, in my opinion. Because uh, you still have people using older versions of Windows that, uh, you know, IE8 uh, is as far as you can get if, if you're running any Windows before Vista. Um, well, and I have my own conspiracy theories, too, that I think that Microsoft wants to regain market share. I would not be surprised at all if they don't put in, if they don't focus a lot on gaming, introduce some stuff that other browsers can or won't implement, and try to regain market share by by capturing the game market. Well, they already kind of started that with Cut the Rope, right? That was an iPhone game, and then they paid the developers a bunch of money to port it over to IE9, and it, according to them, it works best in IE9. I tried it in Chrome, and it was a little wonky, but it was pretty impressive still. Yeah, but see, here's here's the rub on Cut the Rope. I mean, it's a nice game. It, the port is beautiful. It, it plays very much like, um, like it does on, on your tablet. But the big problem with uh, Cut the Rope is it's not really a system taxing game. You don't have any scrolling backgrounds. You don't have lots of things moving on the screen at once. Um, it's a port of a popular game, but by the same token, it's not really showing how impressive uh, HTML5 is. Or you know maybe they chose that game so that you didn't see the weaknesses. Well, I think they did. I think they did some of it just because it, it's a popular game. I mean, a lot of people out there playing it. I like it. <laughs> I yeah. think it's fun. So, yeah, it is. So, I mean, it grabs their attention. I think it was also an answer to, was it Angry Birds that was done in Chrome? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I think they were just saying, see, we can do it too. Our browser's, you know, a first-class citizen just like Chrome is. They, they fired a bird but across the But they're not. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing I was saying is I see Microsoft implementing this stuff for games so they can say, because, like, it's all about the marketing appeal, right? The sex right. appeal. So, you say, oh, we've got these games that we can show off and, and it looks cool and everybody agrees about that. But then they still don't have the core features of things that everybody really needs. You know, like the stuff, so games are new with HTML5, but um, you know, other things that people have been trying to do for years and years and years, like file uploads, uh, Internet Explorer still doesn't, I mean, maybe they do in 10 or something, but last time I checked, they still don't have, you know, your basic file API and the kind of stuff that the other browsers have have implemented when there wasn't a standard, have have um, kind of consolidated their feelings about and, and created the standard and now implement in a way that kind of works more or less. That, that's another area, too, that I've seen a lot of Flash used is uploading large files. Yeah. So an interesting thing about, you know, that I'm going to have to diss on HTML5 a little bit is, uh, have you ever used the just the raw XML HTTP request object? Unfortunately. So it's different in every browser, much like, you know, anything that's part of the DOM. 
And so with HTML5, they created uh, XHR level two, or just XHR2, which gives you file upload events and stuff like that. Unfortunately, they still didn't quite agree on what events mean and when they should be fired. So there are upload events, um, and then there are download events. So request and response events. Um, and they don't necessarily fire in the way that you would hope that they would. Um, same thing with the media elements that have been introduced. So like the audio tag, the video tag. Um, right now, I mean, I think it's great because you can use them and it'll work on a phone, but you got to do a lot of like scratching your head to figure out why the events aren't firing. But then if you inspect the object manually, you can see that, that the object has changed. You know, you shouldn't have to set timeout to check an object to see what its progress is. It's supposed to fire the progress event, things like that. Well, okay. Um, while you're hating on uh, HTML5 over that, let me also say that uh, it, it's fair to hate on Flash for that too. Um, unless you're dealing with a uh, Flash media server, um, Flash itself doesn't handle files real well except for, you know, you can't upload a file into Flash. Um, Flash can read, uh, it can read image files or video files from uh, another source on the internet, but it has no direct file control itself. So is there some way that you can kind of trick it like the old school way in browsers as you set the, you override the content type to be user X char set user defined or something like that? I believe securities prevent it from doing that. So, so that's why uh, uh, flash programmers that get into a lot of that become real familiar with PHP or some other um, server-side solution. Right. All right. So, so doesn't Flash uh, have a transfer format, like an answer to JSON, but something more binary-ish? Um, not standardly. It does... Uh, or Flex? Uh, I mean, well, okay. Flex Flex does, um, I believe. I, I don't do a lot with Flex. Most of what I do is using just the uh, Flash Pro IDE. Um, that works well for me when I'm developing games, just because you know I can be doing my graphics uh, and my coding in, in the same uh, in the same place easily. Um, one of the weird things about uh, Flash and Flex is that you know Flash is is built with the concept of a timeline, and although Flex no longer visibly has a timeline, it's still sitting there, and you do have to uh, code with the timeline in mind. So uh, it, it's kind of an unusual coding environment because you know uh, even though you might not physically see the timeline it does still exist it, it still remembers flash still remembers that it it is coming from a design animation background and so uh, you know while flex adds a lot of additional tools and you can do uh, I believe some of that uploading and, and such um, it still has some limitations as a result. Nice. Okay. So I, I really want to dig into some of the other features of Flash and Flex development versus um, JavaScript and Canvas development. Um, what, what are the differences between JavaScript and Flex or ActionScript, I guess I should say? Well, okay. Um, taking a look, uh, one of the biggest problems that we have right now is HTML5 and JavaScript, you know, they have to step up. They, they haven't been used a lot for games until just recently because now they realize, oh, we're supposed to be a replacement for Flash. What does Flash do that we don't? <laughs> Um, right. And at the moment, one of the biggest problems is we don't have the development tools. Um, you know, the uh, Flash Pro IDE is, is really a nice environment for developing games, or at least I enjoyed using it a lot. 
Uh, there are new tools coming. Um, there are some animation tools that are already available. Uh, for the Mac, there's uh, Tumult Hype. Uh, for, this is for HTML5 and JavaScript. That, when you say that's there are for tools HTML5. available, right? Yeah, okay. uh, that's, that was one of the earlier animation tools to come out. Um, in truth, I haven't been overly impressed, but for, I think it's like 40 or 50 bucks. So, um, you know, fun to play around with. And uh, From what I've seen so far, I, I've been taking a look at the previews of Adobe Edge, which is going to be uh, their big HTML5 animation tool. Um, it looks really great for doing banner ads. <laughs> uh, but, you know... <laughs> that, that harkens back to our historical lesson. <laughs> and, and, you, you know, that's the sad thing, because, ironically, the people who absolutely hate Flash and uh, have been against it since the beginning, um, they're going to find it harder to block uh, animations done in HTML5, because, you know, <laughs> it's going to be native. <laughs> you, you can't just turn off a plugin, um, and you can't really say, oh, turn off all canvases, because, you know, canvas is really what HTML5 is uh, going to be about in a lot of ways. Uh -huh. um, but the animation the animation's clunky, uh, and it writes, uh, so far in, in the preview of Adobe Edge that I've seen, it writes the animation in, in JavaScript, and it, it minifies it, but it's still this big, clunky-looking uh, bit of code for you know creating objects on the screen, moving them around. Um, it doesn't have, you know, the advantages of, of those vector graphics that you saw in Flash, uh, where, you know, a classically trained animator can go in there and make a character move and, and do some really nice stuff. I mean, sure, there's lots of horrible, awful-looking Flash animation out there, uh, but there's some really nice stuff that was done, too. Um, and at the moment... So, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, now, SVG 2 or, or something was supposed to be an answer to that, like, there's supposed to be some sort of animation with SVGs, and then last I heard it got dropped. Anybody know anything about that? Nope. Sorry. That, that was one of the things with the acid test that um, Internet Explorer finally got a browser that passed the acid test except for a couple of items. And by the time they had actually gotten on board and started developing towards it, it had been dropped from the standard, but nobody removed it from the acid test. It's kind of what I heard or read. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, things have been kind of strange with, with Microsoft. I haven't quite understood with, uh, what they're doing exactly because all Although they're really promoting HTML5, they've got uh, you know the Metro UI version of IE10, which uh, isn't supposed to support plugins. Uh, they're going to have a full version of IE10 too, but uh, you know it looks like they are. Uh, moving ahead with this idea of browsers not using plugins eventually. But they're also pushing ahead with Silverlight, which, you know, what? has... Uh, well, they're pushing ahead with Silverlight. Really? As far as I can tell, um, I haven't seen that they've officially abandoned it yet. Um, you still find tutorials on, uh, uh, on like, lynda.com, uh, new tutorials coming out. And, you know, that seems very surprising to me because uh, Silverlight is all about plugins and it's it's kind of the, the flash that never took off. Well, I, I was under the impression that they had abandoned Silverlight. I mean, Metro doesn't use it at all, right? Metro is just all HTML5 stuff. Um, and and I, I thought I remember hearing a bunch of hullabaloo from developers that were grumpy because they invested in Silverlight and then Microsoft was just dropping it. So yeah, that may be the case. Um, yeah, I was I under, the, under the impression they were dropping it. So. Yeah. 
I wanted to ask you, we've kind of danced around it, um, and it seems like you're saying that the advantages of Flash are for things that you have to do a lot of heavy animation, right? So, um, and that's because of the tooling support and maybe the way that animations get rendered into JavaScript code is a little bit uh, messy. So so other things that Flash used to be used for are lots of interactive websites. Um, is that still, I mean, you could just argue that that was a bad idea in general. That That's kind of dead, right? We don't need Flash for that anymore because we don't like that on the web in, in general. We don't want to do that in any technology, right? Well, so when I talk about interactive website, I mean like the, the JK Rowling website we were talking about where a little dog like starts running across the screen and you hear a doorbell in the background and you can like go to her about page by clicking on her phone and like dialing in numbers and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Are we talking about Microsoft Bob? No, no. This is actually if you go to JK Rowling's website, this is what you will see. It's a thing of beauty. It feels well, like she's trolling the internet. See, here's the thing. Um, it, it's tough to say what the future is, is for Flash right now. Um, certainly the industry is saying HTML5, we can eventually get rid of plugins. And, I mean, you know, so video is the other thing that I didn't mention, but that's being okay. worked on with there. There's lots of HTML5 support for video um, in browsers. I think websites are kind of where it's lagging. Let's let's hold off on video for a minute because I want to talk about the internet interactive stuff. And it seems like Tom has something that he wants to say about it. Uh, yeah, there's... See, here's the thing. The entertainment industry um, seems to like those crazy, overly interactive websites. I, I agree with you. I think that uh, uh, there are places to use Splash on a website, and there are certainly places not to. Um, and, you know, those those big clunky websites that uh, are, are really painful for the user experience. Um, we don't need it, but uh, there are some people that, you know, if they're willing to pay for it, then, I mean, you know, that's if that's how they want to represent their company or product, uh, who am I to argue with that? But, uh, and, and a concerned for, citizen, maybe? Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's fair. But uh, the thing is, what we haven't addressed is what Flash is doing now. Um, I said before that at the time, Steve Jobs said that Flash was outdated technology. In some ways, he was right. Um, but Adobe, uh, Adobe's actually put a bit of time into Flash recently. Um, I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with Stage 3D, but uh, that's been incorporated into the newest Flash player. And it's what amazing. Uh, stage 3D. Um, Tell me, what does it mean? Okay, what Flash now does is it, it's capable of accessing your uh, GPU. Um, and it's making, you know, it was originally oh, designed. Yeah, I remember hearing about mm -hmm. this. Uh, yeah, uh, Adobe was originally, you know, promoting it as, hey, we're going to have the ability for you to do real-time 3D rendering. Um, what they didn't promote at the time, but people found out very quickly, is that this helped everything. Even 2D games, um, they're finding, they're getting speeds up to a thousand times faster than they were. Uh, you know, Flash used to slow down a lot when you got a whole bunch of things moving on the screen at once. Um, you know, I've seen some of the, the demos with uh, Stage 3D, and it's unbelievable. I mean, people are creating games now, full uh, 3D rendered games, um, as an alternative to, you know, using DirectX or, or uh, other 3D technologies. Um, one of the nice things is you can develop it, you know, on your Mac, on your uh, Windows machine, and then easily port it to the other port it over to iOS, port it over to Android, and even BlackBerry Playbook if, you know, you want those four people to have your game. But uh, anyway, um, 
you know, that's that's actually really a tremendous thing. And, you know, what the future of Flash is, it's, it's kind of tough to say. Uh, it certainly still works on the web, but uh, Adobe has made an interesting development platform that uh, works, you know, it, it's a, a really nice cross-platform development tool now. And so, uh, you know, that, that kind of uh, uh, changes what Flash is. Right. So at, at that point, you're running into Unity a little bit though, right? Because Unity is a browser plugin that has a, I don't understand it too well, I've never used it, nor will I, because I'm not a game developer. But I know that I can go to a website and it says, download this Unity plugin, and I download it and I can play like Counter-Strike basically in the browser. Right. Okay, couple differences though. Um, difference number one, uh, everyone's already got the Flash plugin. Unity, as you say, you've got to download it. It doesn't have near the same penetration. Um, number two, if you've ever talked to a Unity developer, one of the biggest drawbacks is creating that uh, 2D user interface over your 3D environment. Um, Unity evidently is a real pain to do that. Um, um, while Flash still has all the old tools that it had before, plus the 3D built in. This is just an upgrade of your player, um, which you know most browsers are going to do on their own. So so, so does Flash have a, a 3D, like a, a game engine kind of already? Because Unity kind of seems like an engine, and Flash seems like it's something you would, if I understand you right, would someone have to like write the 3D engine that everyone uses for Flash? Um, there are frameworks that are available, and so it's not actually built into Flash, but there are frameworks. But there are that, ones already out there. Yeah. Yes, and and okay. there's a there's some 2D frameworks. Um, Starling seems to be the uh, one of the more favored ones right now, and that um, that incorporates very easily. I haven't done it yet. I've I've looked at uh, how that works. I haven't. In truth, I'm actually pretty good at optimizing my games, so I haven't. It hasn't been a real issue. But uh, uh, you know, taking a look at some of its its capabilities and how much faster it makes everything, um, suddenly Flash becomes a uh, a real competitor, and and not just as a web development tool, but as you know, for. Uh, um, uh, build, building apps, building uh, executables for for both Mac and Windows. All right, so I, I think we're getting a little um, a little bit afield, just in the sense that you know we're we're really talking about JavaScript versus Flash kind of stuff, um, and we're we're running a little low on time. I, I really want to ask this question uh, kind of to everybody, and that is, um, do you think that JavaScript and HTML will eventually take the place of Flash, or do you think that Flash will always have kind of a home on the web? Well, I think a lot of the power players have signified that you know they they would like to move away from plugins. I think we're a long way from. Uh, fully being able to do that. Um, too many people are still playing words with friends on, on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> um, there is the, the video issue, which is a, a fairly significant one. Um, yeah, let's poke that one in the eye really quickly. Um, so basically, the issue with video is that um, not all browsers support all video formats. Right. So you have um, everybody except for like Mozilla and Opera, I think, support H.264. And then Mozilla and Opera prefer AUG, but they there are a few other browsers that also support AUG. And then there's another one that, uh, that Google came out with that is also supported across some but not others. Yeah, WebM. WebM. Um, okay. And uh, I think Google. that was supported in everything except for Safari, right? Uh, and and iOS. Uh, Any, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, I guess yeah. If, so if you want Safari, to count, mobile Safari. Right, right. Um, but uh, well, Google's been threatening now since January of last year that they're going to drop H.264 from Chrome. They haven't. Um, oh, but, please, Lord.
Lord, no. <laughs> they, they've been saying that for a long time. Uh, and their reasoning is they, they claim that H.264 is not uh, truly open, um, which it Plus, isn't. There, Firefox there are, will adopt it because the royalty, possible, possible royalty issues in the future. Yes. Right. Yes, but but Fla Flash owns this space because they have a player that's installed in nearly every browser. And as long as there's an FLV format behind it, it'll just play it. Yeah. Well, but isn't that wrapping H.264 ultimately? I mean, isn't isn't the FLV just when it's when it's not like a game thing or like a strong bad type thing when it's actually a video is an FLV just a container for H.264? Yeah, it is. But Adobe's taken care of uh, all the licensing and everything. So yeah, um, H.264, it could get messy. Um, I think technically, for instance, uh, I, I was reading something. I'm not sure how accurate it was. So let me qualify that. But um, if um, if you do an H.264 uh, video on a pay site that's, you know, behind a, a uh, uh, pay subscription system. I think technically uh, it's not royalty free at that point uh, and you do you may have to pay licensing fees to MPEG LA. So uh, <sighs> yeah, that, 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 that's messy. that's the core of the issue, though, is that MPEG LA actually owns the the rights. Um, and I'm not sure if it's a patent or some kind of it's patents. It's yeah. it's it's like a, a ton of different patents. And MPEG LA basically uh, is your your one source to go to for um, paying the licensing fees for all those patents. Yeah. But but anyway, so ultimately in the end, will will JavaScript and HTML5 be able to replace Flash? And um, uh, maybe, <laughs> but it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard because anytime you want to make an improvement, you've got to get all the browsers to uh, to update and and to uh, be compatible. And you know that's right. been a problem just from. The baby steps they've taken so far and you know i can appreciate the desire to get rid of plugins i don't agree with it um i don't think flash is going to go away completely in the next five or probably even ten years um it's so tightly embedded in uh so many different areas and changes in the browsers happen so slowly um it has been speeding up you know google's put a lot of money behind it apple's put a lot of money behind it um but uh I, I don't think it's going to completely replace Flash for a while. I, I do think there are going to be a lot of efforts um, being made to to try and duplicate what Flash is capable of, and I, I think that will that will help significantly. Um, and I, also, Flash is like a lot of things. It's not just a single, you know, like because we're talking about HTML5, and there's the canvas, there's the video, there's you know, audio. so Flash does it all, and it does it all in every browser. You know, even if we get video worked out, well, we still gotta work out the other things. So that's a good right. point too. Yeah, and I think you make valid points. I think the only area that it really becomes an issue in is the mobile arena. Because, I mean, I've, I've had Android phones that had a Flash player installed as part of the browser. And, you know, some some areas, Flash worked fine. In other areas, it really kind of didn't. But well, but then and, but then you're on the iOS, you, you're out of luck. I mean, if, if they've made an app that will do it like YouTube has, then, then I guess you're okay in that area. But otherwise, you're, I mean, you know, tough. Well, and keep in mind, Android is only going to have it temporarily right um they they just recently came out with the 11.2 player and i said that's the last one we're making for android mm -hmm. so you know five years from now it's not going to happen of course who knows five years from now you may be using tablets that are running uh you know modified versions of osx and uh you know windows 8 windows 9 whatever um, yeah because those are all moving towards uh being touch screen friendly and and eventually being your tablet operating systems.
Yeah, and, and both of those companies have made serious progress toward unifying the experience. I mean, um, if if you've gotten OS X Lion even, I mean, there are a lot of elements there that have definitely moved in that direction. And if you look under the covers on uh, OS X, it's running on the, the BSD kernel just like OS X is so. Yeah. Uh, can I bring up one other thing real quick? Yeah. Uh, the, the, other, the other thing that JavaScript is currently falling short in is um, making it difficult for uh, people to take your code. You know, uh, with oh, right. with some of the the work that I do, um, you know, I just created a website that has nine games on it for a client, and these games are are very specific proprietary games that are are designed to to help with certain medical issues. Um, and you know, it, it was very important to the client that when these games are made, they need to be encrypted. They they can't be easily. Taken. And I, I know JavaScript uh, and HTML5 will eventually come up with a solution for that. But at, at the moment, that's something else that's that's unfortunately missing. What do you mean encrypted? You mean well, like actually encrypted encrypted? Or? So, so that you can close the source. Because yeah. as, as it is, you have to pass. I mean, you pass actual code to the browser to execute. And so if you write a game or some other proprietary software, sure, you have copyright on that. But there's nothing to actually keep somebody else from using your code. Exactly. Well, what is, what's the difference in, in Flash? Like, I see the same thing. You've no. got bytecode and you've got bytecode. You run a prettifier on either one and you get back code that is a little difficult to interpret but you know yes you can decompile uh flash or flex but it's not i, I guess it's not the same thing I, well there's there's encryption that i have that i use on all my flash games um you can take it you can decrypt it um what you decrypt you're not going to be able to to do anything with and you're not going to be able to to re-encrypt uh, to uh recompile that either right. um it is, uh, it, it's too messy and, you know, it would be more work to try and uh, uh, figure out what I did from the encrypted code than it would be just to write it from scratch. Right. Well, I think the same is true for JavaScript. Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I, like, that argument just doesn't fly really well with me because I've decompiled Java code and, and, you know, if you leave the debug statements in, then you get the exact code back. Um, and and I, I've looked at, I mean, C code's kind of hard to decompile, but you can run a decompiler or an unminifier. And I think of, when I think of minified JavaScript, to me, it's just bytecode that happens to be something that you can open in a text editor, you know? Right. Like, by the time it's gone through all the optimizations that it goes through, if you run it through Clojure, you know, or something intelligent like that, then, you know, I, I see it just as bytecode. Okay. And then it goes to machine code anyway. There, there's okay. a little bit of truth to that, but it's it's not on the same level as actually getting bytecode. And decompiled bytecode is considerably harder to read I've, in, in my experience. Then, but but it may just be my familiarity with uh with JavaScript. But hey, I, I, I don't a, use a lot of decompiled code, so I'm not yeah. really one to speak out. Yeah, see, see, Flash, you actually have to you have to decompile it. Um, and if if it's been encrypted when you decompile it, uh, you can't compile it again. It won't work. Um, Flash won't know what to do with it. Right. So so, so a, then you can't modify it to make it into the same game with different graphics right okay that makes sense I have a question um, if we're done with this if not then no go ahead keep going so we've kind of taken it for granted that we want JavaScript and HTML5 to replace flash I mean the question you asked assumes that you would want to do that 
but we haven't really stated the benefits maybe of HTML5 and JavaScript. Why? I mean, so why do we want to replace Flash? Why, why do we think it's better? I think that's important to say. Well, I, I think the one thing that uh, Tom keeps pointing out is moving away from plugins. Um, but I mean, but why? That's, I mean. Yeah. And, well, and, and that's the one I keep hearing too. It's it's native to the browser. So. But why is that better? Yeah, that, that is a good question. Yeah. Um, and I'm being devil's advocate. I, I think it is for most things, but I think it's interesting to hear about. I think for, for speed and resources, it is better if it can be native to the browser. Um, however, for changes and upgrades, that's that's going to be slower just because you have to get everyone on board uh, instead of just uh, Adobe saying, we've added this. <laughs> yeah, and here's but, your new player. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but again, then you are, uh, you're dealing with a much more open community and, uh, you know, Changes may happen slower, but but it's you know less of a monopoly deciding, or yep. monarchy as the case might be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't really thought much about that, Jameson, so I, I don't have a powerful opinion on that. But yeah, I can definitely see that. I, I do, in a lot of cases, think that a lot of things are closed that probably could be open sourced and benefit more from that and benefit the community more than that. So that's something that I like, but it's not, you know, it, it, yeah, and, and uh, the performance stuff makes sense, but I, I don't see a real strong draw one way or the other. And I'm probably going to get hate mail for that. But Typing you some hate mail right now. <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing is something that Tom mentioned just that having an open community um, makes up for any other weaknesses that you might have in the platform. The, the fact that there are so many people working on this out in the open, I think um, means that it'll advance a lot. And even if the actual environment doesn't advance, people will figure out how to do cool stuff with it. Right. Um, this is definitely, so I'm, I'm not in the Flash community at all. So I don't, I mean, I'm not like, I don't have my ear to the ground to that, but I have never heard someone say, check out this awesome thing that I figured out I could do with Flash. It just seems like it's people doing stuff that they have done. Like, I mean, games are awesome. I love playing games, but but it doesn't seem like there are any. I haven't heard of any technological um, advances or, or things that that are coming out of Flash. So um, I, well, I want to hear Tom's rebuttal of that, though, because he yeah. does it much better than I do. Well, see, see again, a lot of it uh, is you know some of the greatest advancements do have to come from Adobe starting it up. Like you know, Stage 3D is fantastic. The the problem is they may be it, it, it may be too late. Um, you know, because a lot of people have it in their heads that Flash is gone or on its way out. Now, I think for for enterprise applications, uh, there's no way I could recommend that someone do that in Flash today. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Um, you know, there are a variety of other ways that you can do that. For games, um, Flash is still king. Uh, yes, you can build Cut the Rope or uh, Angry Birds in JavaScript and HTML5, but you're cutting out, um, I think it's something like 26% of... Uh, uh, Browsers still are not using um, uh, HTML5, so you're cutting that out. While Flash so is, I got a question there because yeah. people are always bringing up these statistics about browsers, and I keep on wondering um, what where does that make sense? Like, what does that 26% mean? Because if that 26% is you know people inside of Wells Fargo and uh, down at uh, you know Fort Knox or whatever, do we care that they're not playing the Flash oh, games? Oh, I absolutely do, and I'll tell you why. Um, the the highest the the, the largest demographic that plays my games it's, it's a women <laughs> 40 and over at work because um, yeah, my games are cooler than, than Windows Solitaire I guess so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that absolutely matters to me I get more hits on on uh, Friday during the day than I do you know Saturday and Sunday combined <laughs> so you know 
something something to think about. <laughs> That's funny. Interesting. Because I come from the perspective of being in a college town and, you know, like, yeah, there's there's a few people that don't have a real browser, but they also don't have friends. So they don't know about those games <laughs> yeah. anyway. That was a little bit of an ad hominem attack. Yeah. You don't upgrade your browser. You don't have any friends. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, it's true, though. Like, the, everybody who has, you know, a tech friend, a, anybody who's got a friend that's a little bit techie isn't going to let you use Internet Explorer, you know? Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't know if this happens in your neighborhood, but I'm I'm like the computer go-to guy. Uh, mm-hmm. When someone gets a new new printer that they can't get working, you know, I'll call Tom. <laughs> and, you know, I'm I'm helping out people that are uh, a generation older than me, and uh, you know, they are they're running Windows XP. They're running uh, uh, older operating systems. And when you say, you know, you really should change browsers, oh, I like Internet Explorer. That's what I've been using. And, you know, not everyone is, is as tech savvy. And, uh, you know, I... That's why they shouldn't be using Internet Explorer. <laughs> if they're not tech savvy, they don't have the degree that they, of, of, of experience they need to navigate through that minefield. Well, but it's what they're used to. Yeah. And, you know, they might be running I IE6. Well, I guess soon it's about to force them to IE8. But... Uh, AJ you just need to go find yourself some grandparents. <laughs> you know, Because mine are 80-something, and yeah. No, here's they, the thing. They don't know what um, browsers are. They know what the internet is, and the yeah. internet my, is the my grandmother, yeah. My grandmother was a programmer at the Pentagon, okay? So, nice. Okay. Uh, you're, 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 you're exceptional right there in your grandparents. However, 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 she does not know a computer um, any more than anybody else because the pr- computers that she programmed on were quite different from what she's using today. Punch cards, fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but no, a, a lot of times with friends that I have or, or family members or whatever, I just put Linux on their computer. And I'm like, look, all you're doing is checking your email. Here's Linux. Here's Chrome. You'll never get a virus. You never need to upgrade. You're good to go. I've and then they that. buy a new printer that has no driver. And <laughs> they have to compile the kernel. Then they're doomed. Yeah. What, all right. What, what printer doesn't have a driver for Mac and Linux, though? I mean, like, that's, that's pretty weird. I, I have not <laughs> plugged in a printer that requires a driver in quite some time. Check right. out some of these all-in-ones that everybody buys these days yeah. because then you need the scanner, the printer, the fax, and everything. That, that could be scary. All right, I've got one more question, and then we're going to get to the picks, even though we're getting dangerously close to our hour. Um, and that question is, um, what do you think it means for Flash that Adobe donated Flex to the Apache Foundation? Um, the Flex community, to die. Yeah, the Flex community was not happy about that. They were like... All right, time to learn something new. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I, I'm that, that's one thing that I really don't understand. And, and granted, I, I made a lot of friends at, at the Apache Foundation over the last year. Um, but why don't they see it as an opportunity to really kind of take the reins on Flex and make it into whatever it is that they want? Um, well, because uh, sadly, the, the best people for that um, don't have time. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so. so they're not happy about it. They're trying to find another technology. Are they moving to JavaScript and HTML? Or are they just moving to like iOS or something? Oh, Adobe is is all about uh, going to HTML5. You know, they've got this uh, Adobe Edge coming out, which is you know, it's it's an animation tool. It, it in some ways reminds me of Flash 3, uh, but it's it's all about creating animation for um, HTML5 using JavaScript. 
Now, uh, they haven't killed Flash. I'm not sure what will happen to Flash. They, they did stage 3D. I think ultimately it's going to come down to dollars as to mm -hmm. whether or not continued support happens there. Um, if too many people run away from Flash, then, uh, uh, you know, it'll go the way of Director and Shockwave. Um, if not, then, you know, we'll see them continue to make some changes, but uh, I think at, at a much slower rate because uh, HTML5 and, and JavaScript are definitely uh, the future. They're, they're what's interesting. I don't think Flash is going to suddenly vanish, um, uh, particularly in the game industry. I don't, I don't see Zynga suddenly changing all their games into uh, HTML5 games. Um, I mean, it may happen eventually. But uh, we're talking about a pretty slow transition, just like, right. you know, anything on the web these days. All right. Well, um, that's about all the time we have. So let's go ahead and jump into the picks. Did we warn you about picks, Tom? I know nothing about picks. Okay. So basically what we do is we just pick stuff that we like. Uh, it can, but doesn't have to be um, programming related. Um, so, I mean, we've picked movies, music, books. Um, we have picked programming stuff. So if there are some things that you want to share, then uh, you can definitely do that. And um, uh, with that, well, let, let's just go ahead and let AJ do his picks first. All right. So uh, have we have we talked about the hunger? games at all i don't think so nope. the, the movie or the book anything i don't know um i went and saw the movie a while back and i really liked it it was it was good um i was kind of expecting well i was i was hoping it would be good but i had that kind of half-heartedness about it that maybe it'd just kind of be a flop but uh, i really enjoyed it and people that have read the books also enjoyed it felt that it followed it well so uh have you read the book the hunger games no i haven't i'm not as avid of a reader as i used to be yeah my opinion the movie was better anyway really yeah wow sorry i interrupted you anything else no that's all i got okay jameson i have a million picks today uh i'll just do half of them all right the first one is a game called thunderstone it's a deck building card game it's kind of like dominion if you guys are familiar with them basically you you buy cards to fill up your deck and you go in and fight monsters in a dungeon and stuff it's it's a super nerdy game but it's really fun my wife and i played it on sunday and we enjoyed it a lot uh, the first time it takes a while to learn all the rules and stuff but yeah, after that it's pretty quick it's probably under half an hour around there next time you play so that was great fun you can play with two or four people out of the box which is good because we don't have as many nerdy board game friends as we would like so sometimes we have to play by ourselves the next one is a tutorial um not really a tutorial it's a guide called how browsers work from html5 rocks and it's pretty awesome it goes through the rendering like the rendering uh workflow i don't know how to describe that kind of how how browsers parse the dom and render stuff the networking stuff that happens underneath so it's just a really good overview view of the internals of, of a web browser, which is important if you're doing stuff with a browser. It's it's really good to know how the underlying layers work. And then my last pick, um, I find myself having to know calculus again, and it's been like three years since I last had to know calculus. And there's this really great book that was written in 1912 called Calculus Made Easy. It's so good. Oh my gosh. It's, it's not a math book. It's like a book explaining math. So the guy writes it to a really general audience, and he like makes fun of mathematicians throughout the whole book. Uh, he like, like the intro talks about how mathematicians are fools and what one fool can do another fool can do and stuff it's just really like old-timey but really informative at the same time so if you need to learn calculus for any reason um this is a really good book for it that was my picks nice all right i'll go ahead and jump in go next um so one pick that i'm gonna pick is uh i just got a shock mount for my microphone so let's see if you can hear this oh could you hear that yeah a little bit yeah a little bit yeah before i would tap it and it'd be like wrong <laughs> and so anyway um i ordered a shock mount for 
my high LPR 40. And uh, anyway, it's it's they're really nice uh, podcasting equipment. If you if you are doing any kind of serious podcasting, you should probably have one. Um, and it just it makes it because I'm always bumping the boom arm on my um, on my microphone. And so if I do that now, you can't hear it. So um, I'll go ahead and put that uh, a link to that in the show notes. Um, one other pick that I want to put out there um, that is just uh, something that I, I tell a lot of people to do when they're trying to set up a website. And uh, I know that there are a lot of people who build their own websites that are going to kind of poo-poo this. But if you need a really quick website, you want to get it up fast and make it work, then what I recommend to most people is that they go to a company called Bluehost. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes as well. And uh, what you do there uh, is they have uh, a cPanel that allows you to set up WordPress and you can get a website up pretty fast with WordPress and uh, make things work. Now, if you need something a little more customized, you want to come talk to me so that I can build that out for you in Ruby on Rails. But uh, in a lot of cases, if you're just trying to put information up about your business or put up a blog or something, WordPress is a great go. Um, anyway, Tom, what are your picks? Okay. Um, I think, uh, first of all, being a game developer, I have to mention a game first. Um, DC Online, uh, it, it has gone free or it has a free-to-play option. Um, you know, I have played other uh, superhero MMORPGs like uh, Champions Online, which was a real letdown, even though I played years ago the, the original um, tabletop paper game. Um, but DC Online has a free-to-play version that will give you hours and hours of fun. And uh, is I, I just started playing it a couple weeks ago and have thoroughly enjoyed it. Make sure your first character um, can fly. Uh, the, the cities are... <laughs> flying around so, the cities is just fun, even if you're not doing any of the missions. So like real life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I make sure I can fly. That's yeah. the first thing. <laughs> Yeah, for so, those of you who don't know, yeah, Jameson in a cape, he's way fast. <laughs> um, let's see. For uh, for books, the, these have been out for a while, and actually he not too long ago put out uh, a new one, but the, the Mistborn trilogy by uh, Brandon Sanderson, if you haven't read those, um, they're worthwhile. They're they're kind of, uh, it's an interesting uh, world that he portrays there, and it's it's kind of fun unraveling the uh, the mysteries there. Um, and Terri- then, terrific books, terrific. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan, and a, as I say, he just came out with, with a fourth one that uh, I think takes place in, in the same world, but in the future of it. Mm-hmm. You, you um, know that he's from Utah, right? Yeah, he teaches at BYU. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, and then if you are interested in, in getting up to speed on HTML5, JavaScript5, CSS3, all those other fun things, um, I'm just going to put a plug for, for lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A. People have probably heard of it before, but if you've never actually signed up, sign up for a month. It's like $25 for one month. Um, I keep a, a yearly membership, and it's I have found the, the best way to, to quickly get um, up to date on a variety of technologies. So All those right. are mics. Terrific. All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. A um, few business items here. One is, is that I'm going to be doing some online training, so if you're interested, keep an eye out, out on my Twitter account, cmaxw. Um, some of it's going to be related to JavaScript, like I'm going to be doing one on uh, building solid JSON APIs. So um, another thing is that uh, we are in iTunes. So if you uh, if you want to get the podcast, that's a good way to do it. If you're on something else, we do have an RSS feed uh, link on the website. And I'm going to hear lots of cheering for this. We're finally in Stitcher. So um, I've had Yahoo! People, I don't know what Stitcher is. I've had people begging me to get the podcast into Stitcher. So this Ruby Rogues and the Ruby Freelancer Show are all in Stitcher's 
Stitcher is a program that you get on your iPhone or Android phone, and uh, it, it downloads your podcast for you and, uh, you know, lets you listen on there. It keeps track of your progress and all that stuff. Um, so it's kind of an alternative to iTunes, but you have to submit your shows separately to them. So they won't just pick up your shows on their own. So um, since I hadn't submitted them, they... Uh, <sighs> They they weren't in Stitcher. So anyway, I, I finally went and did that. It was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, beyond that, um, you know, we're, we're trying to line up new shows, good shows. So uh, go to javascriptjabber.com, leave us a comment, and click on the feedback uh, tab and tell us what you want to hear about so that we can get those people on the show. And with that, we'll wrap up. Thanks again for coming, Tom. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, Thanks thank a lot you. for having me. Um, yeah. Maybe Very maybe important. in a while I can come back and talk about building games in HTML5 and JavaScript once I've yeah. <laughs> made the transition. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want games that don't suck. If you want to do anything with the audio tag, let me know because I can give you some pointers. <laughs> All right, I appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, anyway, is, is are there other places that people can find you? Twitter or whatever? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, uh, T O M D E I uh, is my uh, Twitter account. Um, you can. Uh, Easily find me on at my website, dedge.com, D-E-D-G-E.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, too, so or LinkedIn, for that matter. Uh, look me up. I'm there. Just uh, uh, on Facebook, it's Tom.Batty, B-E-A-T-T-Y. Um, and uh, LinkedIn, if you do a search for uh, the Dimensions Edge, Inc., you'll find me there, too. All right. Well, thanks again for coming. Uh, for those of you listening, we will catch you next week. Ciao. See ya. Take care.